the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion. It's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast. And it starts now. I feel we just pick and choose when we want to turn up the intensity meter in hockey games. And um, you're not going to win like that in this league. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, the teams that are below us in the standings, we feel like we don't have to start on time. And um, it's resulting in losses. And that's just the reality of it. It's, it's just coming ready to play and taking pride in, in doing the work and putting in the work uh, each and every night. And like I said, you, you just can't. It's not everyone, but you just can't choose when you when you want to show up. At the end of the day, yeah, leadership can step up, but we're not responsible for for guys in their gear. They have to they have to go out and play and play hard. So yeah, we have to get guys on the on the same page, and we f- we feel like our locker room's fine. It just you know, like I said, we, we're picking and choosing when we want to play. We've had shot volume stuff. We've had some second and third looks. Obviously, you have to try and find a way to get to the net more. Yeah, we had some chance. It's just not enough though. It's um, you know, they've got to make it find a way to make it harder on other teams' goalies. Well, there's the Blues captain, Braden Shen, who got in a fight last night with Reese Johnson after he took an extra poke at Jordan Bennington. But it wasn't enough to fire the Blues up to get a comeback, and the Blues fall to the Blackhawks by a score of 3-1. to one. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next-day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. It's the Blues fall to the Blackhawks at the United Center last night. They now come home for a stretch of 11 of their next 15 games on a home ice. That game last night ended a stretch of 11 of 15 on the road where the Blues went 7-8 and eight in those 15 games. And unfortunately, with the back-to-back losses on those last two road games in Columbus and then in Chicago, the Blues find themselves on their first three-game losing streak of this season. They got another shorthanded goal, but it was a little too late to force the comeback. Let's get you to the highlights. And it's in behind the net to the near side. Shoveled around the boards by Gutman. Centers it far wing, plenty of room. They go down and in, shoot, score! Nikita Zaitsev. Puts the Hawks on top, 1-0. 4.43 into the first period of play. Here's a long shot, score! Coming from the blue line. Classic put it over the glove of Bennington, who seemed surprised it got there. And it's 2-0 Chicago. 9.20 into the first period of play. Right off the draw, Johnson and Shen. The captain does it again for the Blues. Johnson missing with a right, Shen jams with a right. Johnson losing his helmet. Shen hitting a couple. Right's coming over the shoulder of Johnson, keeping him at arm's length now. Johnson just missed with a right. Shen counters with one, and Johnson goes down. So as Johnson had took a poke at Bennington, he was shoved in. And it's the Blues captain, Braden Shen, trying to lead the way for his team. Over the line, down into the corner, goes to Sundquist. Two Chicago players are on him, and they get to it, and they'll bring it right back out to center ice. Create a two-on-two, now a three-on-two. They bring it in over the line, shoot, big save, Bennington. What a save. Denied Radish, got to the far side with the glove and got a piece of the puck went behind the net. As Radish flips the backhand over to the far side to Bedard, into the corner, in the middle, shot on Bennington. Big save off of Kurashev. And now it's Letty trying to keep that one away from Radish. Who won the battle, took it down low, pass to the near wing, and Bennington right there with a glove save. Denied Tyler Johnson. 
Jordan Bennington's been on it tonight. I mean, very easily the Blackhawks could be up in another couple goals here with how, how well he's played. Murphy gets the Hawks changing players along the far side up to the blue line. Quick play to Dickinson to Murphy down the right wing to Zaitsev. Zaitsev looking back door, tapping and score. Three attempts to clear the puck kept in by the Hawks. And on the back door, it was Dickinson putting the puck to the back of the net. 3-0 Chicago. Forcing it out, Letty. Shorthanded. Three on one, the Blues. Shorthanded. Sundquist. Shoot, score! They've got some life. Oscar Sundquist with the seventh shorthanded goal of the season for the Blues. It's 3-1 with 3.29 to go in the third. The puck over to Cairo on the far wing. Kairou fires a shot, Mrazek blocks it, the puck stays loose in front. Hawks clear to the near side, it comes out of the zone. And the Blackhawks are going to beat the St. Louis Blues tonight by a score of 3-1. Back-to-back -to -back road losses for the St. Louis Blues. In similar fashion, sends the Blues home to some much-needed time on home ice. Well, from the highlights, we take you into the locker room and hear from the big Blues defenseman, number 55, Colton Pareko. Obviously, they got two two quick ones. I thought we had a good job in the second period. Uh, I thought we had a good second. Obviously, they scored a third one in the second, but I thought we did a good job kind of getting pucks low, getting pucks to the net, and uh, even the third period, too. But obviously, tough when you go down a couple early, and obviously, in the third one. Gave some push in the second, obviously, a good push, and definitely a better period for our group, and uh, kind of gave up a third one, uh, which was tough as well. So. I don't know. I obviously don't have anything specific to put it on, I guess, but that's a lesson here as a group to make sure we, we come prepared and just ready for, for every game. Our second and third, we, we threw a lot of pucks in the net. Um, he made some good saves. That um, We had guys going to the net, um, good opportunities. And yeah, obviously he played well. And Binner made some big saves for us too and uh, kept us in it. So, yeah, both, were, both played well. I think just as a group, just believing in our group, coming to the rink every day, practice game, uh, whatever it may be, just, just believing in each other, focusing on, on the process. I think just one one shift at a time, one game at a time. It's still fairly early in the season, so as a group, hit the reset button. Obviously, come home. I think we have some a little good time at home, which is nice, and uh, get some wins and uh, start stringing together some wins and just build our game. I think that's that's the biggest thing is just start start building our game, get a win, and start building. I mean, yeah, it's the schedule, though. It's, everyone has a tough schedule, and um, that's no excuse for our group. We have a, we have a tough group, and um, we, we know how to kind of play and respond to that. So for us, we got to go home, like I said, get a win for at home and build something up and uh, get our confidence back as a group, and uh, it'll be good. I, don't know, I, think, I think our second and third, we, we played well. I thought we played with confidence in the second and third. And it was just uh, obviously we gave up a couple early. And, but I liked our respond, which is good. Um, instead of kind of going the other way, I think we, we had a good job of responding and um, coming back. So that's good to see and uh, something we can build off going into uh, Tuesday's game against Detroit. Typical Schenner, he's a great leader. He, he knows when to kind of get in there, and um, he knows his spot. So, like I said, he's a great leader and uh, lucky to have him on our side. Craig Berube a little frustrated with having to chase some games and some mistakes that continue to happen that lead two goals on the other end. Craig Berube put the game in perspective last night. We definitely, in the first period, we were, our intensity wasn't high enough. We didn't win any puck battles. Execution with the puck, poor. We changed that in the second and the third, but... You're down three nothing. It's tough, and I think we got guys that kind of wait around to see what type of game it is. Can't do that. We got to go play. We need more guys in the fight. That's for sure. It's all the little things. That's what it is. It's not the big things. It's the little things. And right now we're we're on the losing end of all the little things. 
and that's why things are going the way they are. I think the group in general, lately for me, last two games for sure. Vegas, you know, I don't. First period, we we're you know pretty good in the first period, but you know these last two games were winnable hockey games that we needed the points, and we didn't. Yeah, we didn't do the job. Soft plays on the wall, and then guys at our net. Nobody taking anybody at our net. That's what I saw. All right, well, Matt Lashoff, former National Hockey League defenseman and now lives in St. Louis. His kid plays youth hockey. He was actually up in Chicago for a youth hockey tournament, and his youth hockey team beat Curtis Joseph's youth hockey team earlier yesterday morning. He joined us for the broadcast, filling in for Joe Vitale, and the breakdown of the game started to just focus around the effort and what it takes to build more offensive zone pressure. It's got to be extremely frustrating, right? And I think it goes down to, you know, the puck management, you know, the willingness to compete along the boards and, you know, your lack of compete in front of the, the offensive zone's net and not having the opportunity to get some of those second opportunities and third opportunity cracks at the net. They've been one and done very consistently here over the course of the last two games, and it's got to be a frustrating feeling for this team going into the locker room. One and done for a fan that may not understand what you mean by one and done. Go a little deeper into what that means and then how you change that. Yeah, I mean, right now the Blues are creating opportunities coming into the zone and only having one opportunity at the net, right? And there's no one crashing. There's no one going to the paint in front of the goaltender, out battling people to get those second opportunities and second chance whacks at the at the goaltender um, in the offensive zone, right? There's not a lot of support when they come into the zone. Um, you're trying to have one player do it all by themselves, and the rest of them are kind of watching, or there's one or two or three strides too late, which gives an easy out for the other team. So, you know, in the games that we've seen the Blues have a lot of success and with the games that we've seen the Blues have you know control the play and control the puck they've been doing one of two things they've been really tight defensively and stifling the offensive opportunities or they've been getting those second chances and just grinding in the offensive zone creating zone time and wearing teams down. So if you're the St. Louis Blues and you look at these last two games there's the the one and done aspect in the offensive zone but then there's also kind of the giving up that early goal scenario and and that's an aspect, too. When you saw them play really well against Vegas over, you know, basically the one game in Vegas and then the first half, they had a very disciplined game at the beginning with that good, easy puck control, uh, smart puck play that allowed them to build their offensive game. These last two games, that hasn't happened, and then you're chasing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point earlier in the game, right, you're looking for those long bomb passes. There's not a lot of support coming out of your own end. So you're having to take chances when, you know, the players and the easy passes that are you know, with the players that are supposed to be close by aren't there right now. So you're forcing things. You're forcing plays. Um, guys are a little scramblier in the defensive zone, and it's creating a little bit more chaos than there needs to be, right? As you mentioned, you know, the games when they've been good early, which they got out to a good early start here tonight in shift number one, but then it just seemed to kind of disintegrate, and a little bit of space became open for the other team to take advantage of. All right, uh, the special teams, once again, uh, becoming an issue. But we did see more opportunities in those last two power plays when you saw Thomas on the left and Butch Navich on the right. 
What did that create? Yeah, I think you saw a little bit more of a willingness to shoot pucks, right? And you see it on the six on five in the last two games. You're starting to see it a little bit on the power play where there's a willingness to filter pucks at the net. You know, earlier on as the power play has been struggling mightily over the course of the year, you know, and, and this can be a mental aspect too when you're not doing as well as you'd like to be and, and you've got the players to be able to be successful as you're forcing plays. You're trying to get it through, you know, a, a very tight uh, penalty-killing unit out there and you're, you're forcing plays. You saw a number of plays that they tried to force into the bumper which is the middle player within the uh, the, the penalty killers box um, and it's just not there right we, we, we mentioned a number of different times where you're trying to force those easy plays um, instead of just getting pucks at the net and making the penalty killers turn but there's definitely some momentum that I thought was built as this game went on as the periods went on with the power play and with the six on five that they need to just try to get back to some simplicity all right uh, we saw earlier in the game and you had mentioned it the Hawks take a two nothing lead and you were looking for some jam. You were looking for somebody. Who, who's going to step up and, and make something happen for the St. Louis Blues? We saw Reese Johnson take an extra poke for the puck after Jordan Bennington made a save. Marco Scandella kind of shoves him a couple of times. Nothing really happens there. But on the very next faceoff, Braden Shen, who took the draw, once the puck was dropped, went right after Reese Johnson had that fight. And, and that's how the first period really ended for the St. Louis Blues. When that happens, are you looking for even more of a response from the room itself? Yeah, you would hope so. I mean, I think when you're going into the room and you've got a you know a, a group like these guys have that have been around the game, you've got some young players trying to grab positions, right? I, you know, there's almost a sense of embarrassment going into the room that this guy has to go in and do it again. He's got to go in and bring your team up again. He's the one guy that consistently shows up. He consistently blocks shots. He consistently battles, and he picks a fight when he needs to do it. Um, there needs to be more of that within the group. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a fight, but there needs to be a pushback. There needs to be some more compete. And right now, the fact that Braden Shen had to go out there and do it again, to your point, when there was an opportunity for guys to get in some faces, push some people around, and you had a younger, a very young Blackhawks group almost taking the initiative on that, there needs to be a real hard look in the mirror from that aspect on who do we want to be and how do we want to be respected in this league. And it's not that Braden Shen wouldn't do it or shouldn't do it. That's part of his role as captain. It's more guys coming into the fight then and realizing that, hey, i got to pick up my game as well. A hundred percent, right? And I think that's what great leaders do. They lead by example, and to your point, I mean, this isn't something I don't think you're looking for him to take out of his game. You're looking for other guys to jump on the boat with him. Um, you're looking for other guys to see, hey, you know, our, our captain can't be the, the only guy doing this on a consistent basis right. and start to bring guys into the fight, as you mentioned. Um, and once you do that, once you get two or three or four of those older guys that are going to do that or a younger guy that gets out of his skin a little bit and tries to get involved um, on a physicality aspect, then it starts kind of curtailing and starts rolling in the right direction and the simplification of your game starts adding into some benefits in the offensive zone. Um, and you're stifling more teams defensively because they got to grind harder to get through you. What do you have for the Bud Light three stars of the game and uh, Joe Vitale's work boots? All righty. I got, uh, let's see, uh, Nikita Zaitsev with number three, Anthony Beauvillier with number two, um, and the goalie Peter Mrazek with number one. And I think, as we just mentioned, we picked up, um, you know, in the end of the game here, uh, talking about Braden Shen as the captain. Yep. I think he is every day of the week, your work boots, and, and it has to be the barometer for this team moving forward. Matt, thank Thank you very much. Let's now check in with Tim Woodburn, a veteran broadcaster of hockey games, did play-by-play -play for 13 seasons. He's also covered major and minor league sports 
for 30 years. And Tim Woodburn puts his perspective on last night's loss. Well, Chris, tonight basically mathematically was the one-third mark of the season, and the Blues just got thumped by two teams with losing records. This wasn't just a bad weekend. This is a trend. These sabermetric weirdos out there who come up with all these crazy stats and whatnot, I'm kind of more old school. Here's the deal, and I say this with no sarcasm. The Blues have not had one come-from-behind win this entire year when trailing at any intermission. Zero wins after trailing after one, zero wins after trailing after two. A third of the way into the season, the Blues have seven power play goals and seven shorthanded goals. How this team is still hovering at 500, I'll never know because that just doesn't add up. Braden Shen, to his credit, showed up like a captain tonight, down 2 nothing. tried to start a fight. That's what guys do in the old days. Get teams fired up, get teams riled up, but you can just see the heads hang on the Blues bench. Literally, heads are hanging when they give up the first goal of the game or they're down. So, Bennington was fine tonight. Morozik outplayed him. Morozik saw every shot to come his way. The Blues are throwing pucks to the net. Over 40 shots in Columbus Friday night. Almost 40 shots tonight. Hopefully they can turn this around, man, because this is looking bleak. For the curbside reaction after the Blues 3-1 loss in Chicago, this is Tim Woodburn. All right, Tim, thank you. Well, time now for my three takeaways in the game, and let's start first off with the beginning of the game. Back-to-back games now for the St. Louis Blues where they've been chasing the game early. They allowed the first goal to Bavillier at 4.43. The night before in Columbus, they allowed the first goal to Marchenko at 1.42. The Blues have struggled this season when trying to come from behind. They've only got points in two games when the other team scores first. One of those games and the only win as they are now 1-13-1. The only win was game two when the Seattle Kraken scored first. The Blues tied the game 1-1 and the game went all the way to the shootout, tied 1-1. The Blues somehow are still trying to fight to find that game when they give up the first goal to tie it versus fall behind by more and then find themselves in too big of a hole. That'll be a big aspect on home ice now as the Blues, as I mentioned earlier, beginning a stretch of 11 games out of the next 15 on home ice, including the first three this week at Enterprise Center, getting out to a lead or keeping the game close after allowing the first goal will be a big key to home success for the St. Louis Blues. Another aspect of the game for the St. Louis Blues, takeaway number two, Offensive zone turnovers, and man, did they hurt the Blues last night. You heard Matt Lashoff talking about soft plays. You'd get the puck on one guy's stick in the offensive zone, but it would be poked off their stick quickly. Matt referred to it being one and done, but those turnovers without the lack of support for the Blues were coming right back the other way. The Blues ended up with guys getting caught, and those turnovers cost you a couple of key goals last night. That first man in has to be so much harder on the puck for the St. Louis Blues, something that Craig Berube touched on. Offensive zone turnovers right now are actually what is leading to some of the defensive zone problems that the St. Louis Blues has had. Jordan Cairo turned a puck over in the offensive zone. The Blackhawks came up the ice last night. They worked the puck around inside the St. Louis Blues zone, and it was actually after three turnovers then by Blues veteran defensemen trying to clear the puck out. That Dickinson was able to score what would prove to be the third goal of the game. But that whole sequence started because of a poor play on the puck in the offensive zone. And the final takeaway from last night, well, the question for the St. Louis Blues is going to be who's going to grab it. 
There is opportunity for playing time. This has been a healthy squad through the first 27 games. The only two games where somebody's missed an injury, those are the two games early on by Pavel Butchnevich. The Blues have had healthy scratches the rest of the way. Is it Sammy Blay if he gets back in the lineup? Is it Nikita Alexandrov? Is it Tyler Tucker? But we saw with the move of Robert Bortuzzo, a roster spot opened up, and they called up Hugh McGing into the National Hockey League, and you saw Alexandrov and Blay scratched in last night's game. Players are getting opportunity throughout this lineup. It could be a player like a, a Kasperi Kapanen. Chances to move up and show you're a more offensive player in a year where you're an unrestricted free agent. It's Jacob Verana. He's been scratched a couple of times. An opportunity he got back in the lineup. Are you going to do what it takes to stay in the lineup with a healthy group? You know that if you're not getting it done the way Craig Berube wants to get it done, he's going to scratch you. Well, how do you respond to it? And that's going to be what I think is a great storyline going into the three home games this week at Enterprise Center is who grabs a hold of the opportunity that they are going to be given. Right now, not many people except for Jake Neighbors has done that. We'll find out if the Blues have more players stepping up to grab that opportunity heading into the home games this week. Well, that's Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast. The Blues fell to the Chicago Blackhawks by a score of 3-1 to one at United Center last night. They're on home ice on Tuesday night against the Detroit Red Wings. Our next podcast comes your way after that game, and it'll be uploaded for you. So by the time you're ready to go Wednesday morning, your Blues reaction, the hunger for Blues hockey, will be there waiting for you when you're eating your Pop-Tarts and putting butter on your waffles. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you have a terrific rest of your weekend and a great start to the week. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction. Have a great start to the weekend. We will see you at the rink.